From the Old City, a practical Torah commentary by Gutman Lodge. Genesis 12, Lech Lecha, Kindness. Last week's portion of the Torah introduced us to our righteous grandparents, Abraham and Sarah. This week we begin to learn about them in depth. What great joy it is to know them personally as we come to do from learning about their deeds. But the real reason we learn about them is not merely to rejoice in them, but to emulate them. How is it possible for puny little you and I to ever reach such a level? Abram and Sarah are the very founders and very prototypes of the entire amazing Jewish people. Well, we can't reach their level, but certainly we can move in that direction. Any step in the right direction, no matter how small, helps to bring the entire universe to the redemption for which our souls so dearly long. Avram is known mostly for his wonderful kindness. But what is this kindness? Is it merely being pleasant to people or giving them food, as he was so famous for doing? No, Avram's true kindness was that he spiritually moved people in the right direction. This was his greatness, and we too must do this. Everyone we meet is an opportunity to do kindness, and sometimes the smallest gesture can change a person's life. A few days ago at the Kotel, the Western Wall, I put the fillin on an Israeli man who had his young son with him. I asked the boy how long he had to wait until he too could put on tefillin. The boy said two years. His father smiled and said, actually, today is his birthday. Wow, that's great, I said. There's a Hasidic teaching that tells us that on our birthdays we have a special privilege to give people blessings. Give me a blessing. I tacked him gently, trying to urge him to agree. He was shy and looked down. Come on, you can do it, I tried again. His father coaxed him, and finally he gave me a quiet, tiny blessing. I told him, not only me, but you can bless all of the people you know, and your whole family, and every one of our soldiers. He looked up to his father and asked, Abba, is it okay? His father said, sure. The little boy ran back to the coattail and stood there close to the wall for over five minutes, sending out blessings to everyone he knows. I could see him listing them on his fingers. You know what? It took me just 30 seconds to change that kid's life. From now on, he is going to look forward to his birthdays so he can send out blessings. Blessing other has become part of his life. And if you are really smart... You will teach the ones you teach to teach their friends to do it too. One little gesture and blessings can go all the way around the world. It's not hard to change someone's life. All you have to do is care. In this week's portion of the Torah, Abram is given the commandment to circumcise the male members of his family. This commandment applied not only to himself and his family, but also to all the males in his household. This meant that, in addition to himself, he circumcised all of his male servants, including Ishmael, the son he had with Sarah's servant, Hagar. The Torah records that Abram was 99 years old when he circumcised himself. Both the Zohar and the Midrash speak about Ishmael's great merit for having been circumcised. In fact, it is related that years after this commandment was given, Ishmael went up to Yitzchak, 
Isaac, the son of Abram and his wife Sarah, and claimed, my circumcision is greater than yours. He said that while Yitzchak was circumcised when he was merely eight days old, as the Torah commands for male babies, Ishmael was already 13 years old when the command was given. So unlike Yitzchak, Ishmael was willingly circumcised. He could have run away, but instead he surrendered to this painful process. A boy of 13 is fully capable of resisting. But Yitzchak, a mere eight-day-old, had absolutely no say in the matter. So apparently, Ishmael's circumcision was greater than Yitzchak's. It is taught that the Ishmaelites' reward for having kept this commandment for all these years is that they were given the privilege of guarding the Temple Mount in Yushalayim. This is where the first temple and second temple stood and where the third temple will soon be built. Indeed, today, there is a mosque on the very spot where we believe the Holy of Holies stood and will stand again when the final temple comes. For these many hundreds of years, this merit has given them the privilege of controlling the Temple Mount. After all, Ishmael claims his circumcision is greater than Yitzchak's. A couple of months ago, a 60-year-old Russian man came up to the Tefillin booth at the Kotel. He was walking slowly and in an unusual manner. Actually, he was wobbling side to side as he made his way to the booth. He looked older than his years and was very determined to put on tefillin. He slid one foot a few inches, then the other, until finally he reached the booth. He came toward me with his left arm outstretched, insisting that I help him put on tefillin. He had walked like this from the bus stop some 200 yards away, and even before he reached me, he was calling out, Tefillin! Tefillin! He did not know how to put them on, so I helped him and gave him the accompanying prayers to be read in Russian. He seemed to have great concentration, and he was glowing. When he finished, I slowly took the Tefillin off his arm and asked, Why are you walking like that? He looked me in the eye and said, I am coming for my bris miller, his circumcision. Yikes! The 60-year-old Russian man had just walked at least 200 yards with bandages wrapped all around his place of circumcision, determined to do this mitzvah. Maybe Yishmael had a point when he told Yitzchak that his circumcision at 13 was a greater sacrifice than was the circumcision of an eight-day-old boy. But if that is true then all of the Borises, Alexanders, Slovens, and all the other thousands of Jewish men coming out of communist Russia today who are now having their circumcisions at ages close to that of Abram himself are saying to Ishmael, your time is up. Our bris is greater than yours. It is time for the Ishmaelites to relinquish their position on the Temple Mount. Their merit has been used up. Now it is time for us to receive heavenly permission to ascend the Temple Mount and to finally begin to rebuild the third and final temple. A contemporary observation on this ancient commandment. It is interesting to see how the modern world often goes from claiming that circumcision is either a barbaric ritual imposed upon infants without their permission or saying that it is a wonderful, healthy practice. The latest round of this argument happens to agree with this practice and has come from, of all places, deepest Africa. 
They are suffering greatly there from the world's latest plague, AIDS, which is killing one person every 30 seconds. The governments are frantically trying to find a vaccine that could possibly help turn the tide of this slow and painful death. Just last month, the African government announced that it has finally found a so-called vaccine that would protect 65% of the African males from getting this dreaded disease. They have just discovered that circumcised males have a 65% less chance of contracting the disease than do the uncircumcised males. Although we do not follow this commandment, nor any other, merely because it is a healthy thing to do, it is nice to see that the world is again changing its opinion about this ancient commandment and is even adapting it for its own physical well-being. There is one dot com.